You're listening to the Epic Living Podcast with Jim Simcoe. I'm Jim Simcoe, and I'm here to help you make your life epic. So let's get rolling. Hi, this is Jim Simcoe. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are talking about mental toughness. Everything that you wanted to know about mental toughness, I'm going to give you five tips to improve your mental toughness and really develop your mental toughness. And, you know, first and foremost, you know, why is this so important? Well, I think that having mental toughness and that internal fortitude and that, you know, people refer to it as grit sometimes is it's, it's, it's so important in our lives in so many different ways. And I see so many people in the world who just don't have it. And, and I'm also really impressed by people that I know who really do have it. And the thing is, is like, you know, when you think about mental toughness is, the reason to develop mental toughness is it because it allows you to go further and harder in all aspects of your life. So if you're mentally tough and you've see, probably seen people who are mentally tough, they just go harder. They're more successful. They push themselves further and they're more successful when they do it. It also reduces fear because the tougher you are, the less fear that you have in your life. Um, I believe. And then the final thing about mental toughness, which I think is fantastic, is it really helps you to handle unexpected situations much, much better than someone who's not mentally tough. So at the end of the day, what is mental toughness? So mental toughness, as, as I define it, and as I'll define it on here for this podcast, is is the ability to stay strong, the ability to stay focused in any situation. So no matter what is going on, it's it's the concept of being able to deal with adversity in any form um, and really having that internal resilience and fortitude. So a lot of times people call this grit. Um, in my world, I call it grinding. So you know you have the ability. You either have the ability to grind or you don't. And grinding means coming into work early and getting the project done, even when you don't want to, and even when you want to sleep in. It also means staying late when you have to. It means running an extra mile. It means doing extra reps. It means never missing a workout. It means committing to your relationship and doing all the things that are important in that relationship. You just have to be able to grind. And I've got much more respect for people who grind than anything else. Because at the end of the day, and this is just my opinion, but you know, like, Intelligence in a lot of in a lot of ways is like height. You're either born with it or you're not. And people who are really, really, really smart um, can be extremely successful. But I see largely many people in my life and many people that I've seen be successful. They're usually not the smartest guy in the room or the smartest woman in the room. They're usually the one who grinds the hardest and the one that's got the most mental toughness. And so I think that having mental toughness is a skill that you can develop. And it's something that will take you further and further into, uh, or further and further in your life than anything else will. So with that said, um, I want to get right into the tips. I've got five tips for you with some examples on each one. The first tip to develop mental toughness is to tap into your internal motivation. So here's the thing about motivation. Motivation is internal. It's never external, okay? So only you can motivate you. I can't motivate you. Tony Robbins can't motivate you. Nobody can motivate you. We can reveal, help you reveal your internal motivations, but we can't actually motivate you. That is something that is driven from inside you and who you are as a person. So the one way you do this is is to be able to tap into your internal motivation is to, you know, regardless of what situation you're in, just ask yourself, like, why? Ask yourself, why am I doing this? Like, why do I need to fight through this? Like, if you're faced with a challenge, why am I, why do I, why am I even doing this? Why do I need to fight through this? 
Why do I need to get better, faster, stronger? Um, and one thing you'll find is that uh, the one answer, the, the answer of saying, because I have to, is never really an answer. That's more of an excuse. So if you, if you catch yourself saying, because I have to, just realize that that's really an excuse and dig deeper. So here's an example of this. So I, I've had, and I can just give my personal examples on this. I had major back surgery when I was 16. My spine was fused together. My, uh, I had two discs taken out. And then when I was in my, when I was in college, my senior year, so however old you are in college, what are you, 21? I think I'm 21, uh, 21 at the time. I tore my ACL and MCL in my left knee, had surgery. And then about six years later, I tore my ACL in my right knee. So I had major reconstructive, major reconstructive surgery in my left knee, major reconstructive surgery in my right knee, and I had back surgery. So I have a history of surgeries uh, all from kind of like my waist down. So in 2000, I decided I wanted to run a marathon, which, you know, doctors told me, you know, any doctor I had talked to was like, you know, that's like the dumbest thing in the world <laughs> that I could do. Uh, I just don't have the body for it. Uh, and plus I've had surgeries, but I really, really wanted to do it. I really, really wanted to do it. So for me on that, my motivation came from the fact that my why, like, why was I doing that? Why was I sweating on the road, you know, running 18 miles at a time? Well, I was doing that because it was really important for me to finish a marathon. I wanted to prove to myself that no matter what happened and no matter what surgeries I had, that I had the internal fortitude and I had the ability and the toughness to run to run 26.2 miles, which is a marathon. So, and I was able to do it. And I've run three marathons and I've run numerous half marathons. And, you know, I'm one of the slowest guys in the world out there, but I've finished every race I've ever been in. And I'm really proud of that fact because I've had numerous people tell me that I shouldn't run or that, I, you know, I wouldn't be able to finish and I've been able to prove them all wrong. It actually makes me tougher, but that is my motivation. That's my internal motivation. So <clears throat> being able to tap into your internal motivation will go a long way to help you develop um, your own personal mental toughness. The second thing um, to develop mental toughness is to really being able to manage your emotions, okay? So because unmanaged emotions can really cloud your judgment and really cloud your actions. And I see this time and time again, just in my normal you know, day-to-day -day life, of people who just, they're just not in control of their emotions. And God knows, like, look, I'm Italian and and Filipino, so managing our emotions, and I'm Aries, so managing our emotions isn't exactly uh, something that we're all <laughs> super great at. But I could tell you that, you know, the more I'm able to manage my emotions, the better off I am. Um, you know, I see this come out in my life on a, on a regular basis. You know, I, I play, I've talked about this before, but I play in a basketball game at a, uh, at a uh, local outdoor court here in San Diego. And I see tons of examples of guys who just, they're just not able to manage their own emotions and, and they just lose it on the court. Like someone will hit them or, you know, they'll get fouled and they'll just like lose their minds. And I've seen, I've seen guys get in fights, getting actual, you know, grownups getting fist fights with guys uh, because they just couldn't keep their emotions in check. And, and most of the times, or most of the fights that I've seen uh, have been where one guy just loses emotions totally and he, and he starts getting in a fight with somebody else and, and the other guy ends up kicking his ass. Uh, so um, that's, a, that's kind of a hardcore example of managing your emotions, but you can see how 
when you're managing, when your emotions are not managed, how they really can cloud your, your judgment and your actions. And you, you know, if your emotions are flying out of control, you know, somehow it makes sense to start a fight with a guy who's, you know, six, two and used to box, uh, uh, at the amateur level in Los Angeles, you know, I mean, that just at that point in time, it just ma- makes sense. So obviously managing emotions is really key. And the Navy SEALs have something really interesting about this. And I've talked about this before, but the whole concept of getting comfortable being uncomfortable and being okay with being uncomfortable. And that's a big piece of managing your emotions. Like, how do you do that? Are you able to, uh, when you're uncomfortable and uh, when your emotions are flying all, all around you, are you able to be comfortable in that space? And because the more you're able to be comfortable in that space, the better off you're going to be. You're going to be. And and the idea here is really to keep it cool and, and be under control regardless of the situation. Um, what I like to do with the trick that I like to do is I like to, uh, if something's happening and I can feel like my emotions uh, starting to get unchecked, I kind of, I like to own what's happening to me and realize that like, okay, this is my piece in this situation. This is my piece in this environment. And I really try to detach from the emotion and step out of it and look at it and see, see what I'm doing in it, own my perspective and see what's happening from my level. And then, and then really look at the situation itself um, as a distant, detached third party. And that really helps me calm down and manage my emotions. So managing emotions is a really big key to uh, developing mental toughness. The the next one, tip number three on this is to manage expectations and to expect problems. This is one that you know, you don't hear a lot of people talking about, but I really think that this one's really, really important. It's also, in a lot of ways, this could be like the key to happiness because managing expectations and expecting problems, right? So here's the thing. Life is imperfect, right? Like, I mean, nothing is perfect in life. I mean, you know, and when you expect life to go smoothly, you're usually disappointed, heavily disappointed. Um, uh, give you an example. My dad, who still lives, who still lives south of Boston, I love him. Great guy. Uh, uh, he'll probably never ever listen to this podcast because I'm sure he doesn't even know how to podcast. He's old school, but just just an awesome guy. But when you drive with it, he's one of the most generous people I've ever met. Just a great guy, great father, just a good dude. And but when you drive with this guy. He's a maniac. He's always yelling at drivers. He's always like, you know, tailgating guys and beeping his horn and, you know, getting super, super angry when there's traffic and, you know, someone cuts in front of him. He's just like, you drive, when he drives, it's just a, it's just a battle. And the thing about it is, is like, I think the difference there is like, he's expecting everyone in the road to be as good of a driver as he is and to drive with respect and full concentration and for traffic to merge perfectly and for there not to be any accidents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he's constantly, he's constantly let down uh, probably in, in the road conditions because usually nobody ever drives like that and, and like shit and, you know, stuff happens. And I must have a swear word. Um, and, and that's just part uh, and parcel of being a driver in, today, in today's society. Like, you know, there's going to be traffic. There are going to be delays. So that's a big thing about this is to expect that life is going to be imperfect. So you got to expect delays. You got to expect that you're going to email people and they're not going to respond or that you're going to miss emails. You're going to lose voicemails. People aren't going to call you back. You're going to get stuck in traffic. You're going to spill your coffee. You're going to have to deal with snotty waiters. I mean, this is just part of living in the world today. We're hurling around the world that 
you know, whatever it is, tens of uh, thousands of miles an hour. And that's just part of being here is that life is imperfect. And the thing is, is if you're able to manage your expectations and if you're able to expect problems on a regular basis, um, you'll often be pleasantly surprised when things go smoothly. Like you, you just will. Like as an example, going back to that uh, driving example of my father, um, when I go somewhere, I always try to leave 15 minutes earlier than um, than I think it'll take. So if I have a meeting, like I have a meeting today at 12, um, it's 15 minutes away. I'll leave it. At, I'll leave at 11:30, and I'm not doing that because I want to get there. 15 minutes early, I'm doing that because I'm assuming that there's going to be some kind of problem on the road or there's going to be a parking issue or something's going to come up and I'm preparing for it. So what usually happens, which is really nice, is like there usually isn't a problem and I usually get there 15 minutes early. So I'm always pleasantly surprised. So if you expect, uh, if you manage your expectations and you expect problems and you expect delays, a lot of times you're going to be pleasantly surprised. You'd be like, hey man, that actually went a lot smoother than I thought. So you're going to walk around with a constant reaffirmation of how wonderful the world is because uh, you expected it to go a little rockier than it did. And I think that this is true in any business relationship, any any uh, personal relationship or any challenge or any project you're doing. It's just best thing for you to do is to expect that there are going to be minor problems, manage your expectations, and you'll usually be pleasantly surprised um, at the result. So that's the third key to forging mental toughness. The fourth key uh, to forging mental toughness and developing your mental toughness, and this kind of goes along with uh, tip number three, and that tip is to live with failure. So you have to be okay with failure you got to be able to take it in stride. You need to be able to learn from it. And I, and I know that when you say, you know, when I say like, hey, you got to learn from failure, I know that everyone in the world will tell you that you got to learn from failure. Um, and what I mean by that is I think it's really key, but I don't think that the lessons need to be these deep philosophical lessons when you learn from failure. It could be as simple as, Hey, I never want to work with that kind of person again. And I'll give you an example. I ran, a, uh, started a business uh, about almost ten years ago, and with somebody, and we we were good friends, but it was just a horrible fit business wise. And I realized at the time, like, okay, anything I do in the future, I don't want to work with this kind of person again. Not because they're a bad person, but because they're a horrible fit for me and who I am. And that was the lesson I learned that. And it was a lesson that occurred over six months. And, and I know now, like when I get into a business relationship or if I've got a deal going and I spot that kind of personality, I know that that's, a, you know, that's usually a sign for me to uh, run in the other direction. So that's, that's the thing is like when you're able to uh, learn from failure, um, although it's common advice, you know, the lessons can be really, really simple. Uh, another piece about learning from failure is to be able to talk about this before is be able to detach and reaffirm uh, that failure at the end of the day is a result. It's an outcome. It's not you. Okay. Per se. So it's not you. So it's, Hey, this business, this relationship, you know, this, whatever failed. It's not, I am a failure. Okay. So you never want to personalize failure because it's not about you. It's just something that happened. It's all, think of it as an outcome. Think of it as a result. It's not um, <clears throat> an intrinsic part of your being. So, uh, and then the other piece about that, about failure is, is that, you know, without failure, success isn't nearly as enjoyable, right? Like, so for, if you think of, you know, anything that you've ever had to achieve and had to work hard for and really grind for, 
well, you probably had a lot of failures along the way. And, and those failures really made the success at the end of the day, probably that much sweeter. So, you know, without, without failure, success just wouldn't be as fun. And without failures in the world, without risks in the world, life just wouldn't be as fun. It's like the old adage of playing tennis. You know, you don't, you could play tennis with the net down, but why would you? Wouldn't be as fun. Wouldn't be as challenging. So being able to live with failure is a big key to mental toughness and being able to detach from failure and realizing that failure is an outcome. It's not, uh, it doesn't define you is really key. The fifth and final uh, tip on this, on how to forge mental toughness, is all about <clears throat> being consistent. So I really mean that when you're grinding and you you know and, and you have grit and you're really um, pushing yourself in your life, um, you got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. You can't miss workouts. Can't miss assignments. You can't shirk your responsibilities. Um, you need to create habits that help you to become more consistent. Um, you just have to do it. And, and part of this is, is that when you do those types of things and when you commit to the fact that, hey, man, I'm not missing a workout, I'm going the next 90 days and I'm not missing a workout, it's, it's tougher to do that. That's a challenge. You're challenging yourself to do it. It's tougher. It's much easier to sleep in on a winter morning when you don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to go to the gym. I know this every day. I, I go to CrossFit every morning. And like today, I went to the 6 a.m. class. It would have been nice to lay in bed. It would have been nice to wake up and have a leisurely breakfast. But I got up, I went to the gym, when I, and, and you know when I got out of the gym, I felt fantastic afterwards. So you have to be consistent. You have to commit to being consistent. Because so much of this, in terms of you know, always making your workouts, always doing your assignments, always you know, taking care of your responsibilities, and always um, showing up, you know, that's a big part of life. I mean, like showing up, so much of life is just showing up and doing what you say you're gonna do. And when you're able to do those things, it really builds your mental toughness. If you commit to somebody that, hey, I'm gonna be there at noon and you get there by noon, well, that's improving your mental toughness because a lot of people would get there at 10 past noon or quarter past noon or five past noon. They don't think it's a big deal not to hit that deadline. But because you do, that's improving your mental toughness because by being consistent, that's constantly challenging yourself to, uh, uh, to be better, to be better than the common man, which is really key. So at the end of the day, in closing, you know, after these five tips is, you know, there's, when you think about your life, there's no life in neutral Okay, you know, if you think of the adage or the example of driving a car, you're either moving forward or you're losing ground. That's all there is to it. You're you're never you're never actually in neutral. You're moving forward or you're losing ground. And mental toughness is like a muscle. You have to work it out. You have to work it out as much as you can. It will reap tremendous rewards for you, but it's not gonna. Uh, but it'll atrophy if if you don't work it out. So I would really suggest that you challenge yourself often. You know, challenge yourself big and small. Uh, give you a couple examples from a small perspective. Um, when my daughter Kai and I go shopping at Target, or if I go with Kai and my other daughter Noah, we go shopping at Target, we've got a time limit. So I'll say, okay, I want to be in and out of the store in eight minutes. And we'll run through the store, make decisions fast, get our stuff, find the checkout line and get out. And it's really important to me um, to do that. And you know, and it's a fun thing for them too. They get a kick out of it. But the thing is like, I'm actually, I'm challenging myself, you know, like, you know, we're joking around, but I am challenging myself in the sense that like, look, I said, I want to get in and out of the store in eight minutes. Can I do that? Can I meet that challenge? 
probably nobody else does that. You know, not a lot of people are going to, you know, drive to Target and think that way, but I do because I think it's important. I think it's important that we challenge ourselves on a regular basis. Uh, from a bigger perspective, I would say that one of the ways I challenge myself physically is that most of the sports leagues that I play in or games that I play, uh, basketball, football, what have you, I'm usually doing a uh, CrossFit. <clears throat> I'm usually doing it with with people who are 15 to 20 years younger than I am. So um, the basketball games that I play in, the different parks that I play in, almost all of them are, you know, they're all 20, 25, maybe 30 years old. So it's a challenge playing against them. Like if I was playing against a bunch of guys my age, 45 and older, I mean, I'd probably be the one of the best guys on the court, but it wouldn't be challenging as challenging to me as if I'm playing with young, super quick guys and, and I'm able to keep up with them. So that's one of the bigger ways I challenge myself, but I think it's really important that we challenge ourselves on a daily basis. So my final thought on all this mental toughness, and I'll talk again about this again in the future podcast, in a future podcast is like the end of the day, I really believe that you will go further in your life with mental toughness than you will anything else, than any other skill that you have. If you develop mental toughness, you will get through anything and you'll be able to grind through anything. It is more, it is more important in my opinion than intelligence, than where you were born, than your family, than your money situation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Examples abound about people who are hugely successful, maybe not the smartest people in the world, but they're just mental, you know, just mentally tougher than everyone else out there. So you can use these five tips to help develop your mental toughness. You know, like I said, tap your motivation, manage your emotions, manage your expectations, live with failure and be consistent. Use those five elements to really help develop your mental toughness. Thanks again for listening. Um, as always, you can reach me at Jim at Epic All Day. And if you like this podcast, love to have you leave a review on iTunes and we will talk soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you want more information, check out my website at jimsimco.com, J-I-M-S-I-M as in Mary, C-O-E.com for more updates and some free guides to help you make your life epic. With that said, I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks.